0: The following program is sponsored by Fairly Spiritual on KCIS. Well, hello, everyone. I'm Dr. Doug Bursch, co-pastor of Evergreen Foursquare Church in Auburn, Washington, and you're listening to The Fairly Spiritual Show. So we live in an information age where we think having the right information will save us. If I could just study this enough, I'll be able to heal my marriage, heal my family, heal my friendships. On today's show, we're going to talk about what do you do with relationships where even the best information isn't bringing healing, how to bring healing to impossibly disconnected relationships on today's Fairly Spiritual Show. Another- Thank you for joining us. This is The Fairly Spiritual Show. I am Dr. Doug Bursch, and I'm so glad that you take time to listen to this show. Uh, that means a lot to me. We broadcast twice a week, yeah, sometimes once a week, uh, but we have a Wednesday podcast, and then on Fridays we're on the radio. This is the Wednesday edition. So, uh, you know, I'm just a little less radio-ish on Wednesdays. Uh, so I want to talk about this today. Um I think it's great to get information. I just got my doctorate. That's important to me. Education is important to me. But I think one of the problems in our information age is we work under this assumption that if I just had the right education, the right information, the right tools, then I'd be able to fix anything. Uh, But we get to this point when we have all the information, we've researched everything, we've done the counseling, and by the way, I am for counseling, but we've done all these things and yet the relationship is still broken. Or maybe broken's not a good word, there's still this disconnect that we can't seem to bridge. And in fact, it's kind of terrifying because we thought if I just got the right information, if I just came to the right conclusions, and if I just implemented the right plan, then I'd be able to connect with this person, be able to connect with my parents, or connect with my kids, or connect with my friends, or my spouse. And it's pretty terrifying when we've really worked at something, and we've worked hard to understand someone, and yet there's a disconnect. Even when both people are working really hard to try to understand each other, and there's a disconnect. So we're talking about that on today's show, how to have connection when our best information just isn't enough, when our best education isn't enough. Uh, Before we do that, though, uh, if you'd like to text the show or call and leave a message, here's our phone number, 360 818 4513. That's 360 818 4513. That's 360 818 4513. I love getting your feedback, your texts, and I usually reply uh, in some of what of a timely manner. You can also go to our website, fairlyspiritual.org, find past podcasts and such. Uh, I'd love it if you'd follow me on Twitter, too. My handle is Fairly Spiritual, so you can do that. And uh, subscribe to the podcast at iTunes or SoundCloud. All those things are great ways to support this ministry, uh, particularly sharing shows with other people. So uh, I want to just get into this, that I believe in information. I believe in trying to research the problem and come up with solutions. I believe in education believe in counseling. So anything I'm saying today is not to be against informing ourselves. It is good to be informed. Often when I'll meet with someone whose life is in chaos or in crisis, I say, you just need to do everything. Don't get super spiritual here. So you need to come to the altar and we're going to pray for you and pray for healing and deliverance. But also you need to get some good counseling and you need to get some good information and just do whatever you can to find healing and health in your relationship. But one of the things I've noticed is how frustrated I get when I've worked really hard to understand the situation and to understand the people. And I actually sometimes uh, see myself as someone who can really understand you know, the emotional makeup of people and the motivations behind why they're doing something. And when I'm at that place, when I, I really think I've figured this person out or I've really researched enough that I can find a way to connect with them and my best effort doesn't connect that gets pretty scary. That gets pretty overwhelming. It's one thing to say, you know, I really haven't spent any time on this, and I really haven't researched things, and, you know, we I haven't even gone to counseling yet, and we haven't really done what's necessary to find healing. But when you've really worked at something, and you really feel like, man, I, I've given my best to understand this person, or I've given my best to connect and find a way for us to move forward together... When you've done that and there's still this great disconnect, that's pretty troubling. In fact, it's profoundly alienating when you are trying so hard to connect with someone and your best effort is falling flat. Now, I actually believe in any relationship that we have, the closest relationships we have, uh, other than our relationship with God, we're going to find ourselves at this position where we don't connect where we don't really understand our spouse. Now, hear me correctly, I'm not saying, oh, you know, I just don't understand my wife, and what are you gonna do? She's a woman, I'm a man, we'll just, you know, figure out a way to make this work. I'm talking about that even if you have very, a very intimate relationship with deep connectedness, you're gonna find yourself in those places where you don't understand each other's language. You just don't know what really makes the other person tick, or you really can't get into their interior life, and they cannot get into your interior life. And this could be profoundly troubling, particularly if there's a problem. With that context, I was thinking about Acts 2, and I've been going through Acts with our church, and even today, you know, I preached on this on Sunday, and then today I had an interaction that just was troubling to me in that no matter how I talked to the person, I just felt like we weren't connecting. I just felt like my best efforts weren't working. And I, and I, after the conversation, I felt really anxious and, and sort of depressed. And I, there was this issue in me, like, if I can't connect with this person, this is hopeless. I've tried my best and I, I don't know what I'm doing and what they're doing. And I don't know if I'm wrong or they're wrong or we're both wrong. It wasn't one of those where this person is just, you know, terrible person. It was just, I don't, I just can't connect. And I think if we're honest, there's relationships like that where we try our best and we just don't connect well with a a family member or a friend or a neighbor. And there's kind of that terror there that, what am I going to do? Because we still need relationship, but no matter how we have relationship, there's this divide. Well, in, in that context, I was reading in Acts 2 and on the day of Pentecost. And there's so many things that we can talk about with this, and I have actually talked a bit about this in, in previous podcast and radio broadcasts. But let me just read, you know, they were all in one place in the upper room, waiting for the day of Pentecost. And we know on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit was poured out as a substitute for the law. No longer do we live based on the law, but we live on the leading and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. So they're they're all gathered together on the day of Pentecost, where on that day before the Spirit was poured out, that's what they'd be celebrating. They'd be celebrating Moses receiving the law and the importance of the law. So it says in Acts 2, when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them, And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now in verse 5 it says, Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at this sound the multitude came together, and they were bewildered because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it? that we hear, each of us, in his own native language. And then it lists all the languages, Parthians and Medes and Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia and Judea and Cappadocia and Pontus in Asia, Prigia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Livia belonging to Cyrene. And visitors from Rome, both Jew and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians. We hear them telling in our own tongue the mighty works of God. And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others were mocking, saying they are filled with new wine. When I look at this miracle, this is a miracle of communication. And it's a miracle of communication that brings me great comfort. And it's fascinating how this miracle of communication is tied to the law. They were celebrating the giving of the law. And the law, when you look at the law, uh, the law had limits to it that contrasts the freedom of being led by the Spirit. The law was given through an intermediary, verse to Moses, and Moses wrote it down, but it also had other intermediary realities to it. One, you couldn't understand the law unless you could read. Like the actual written law, when they wrote it, you know, one on the Ten Commandments on the stone tablets, but one then when they wrote it down in the scrolls. If you couldn't read the law, you had to have someone else read it for you. So there had to be another intermediary, just someone who could read, who could tell you this is what God desires for you. There was another intermediary as well in the sense that the law was written in Hebrew. So unless you knew the Hebrew language, you couldn't understand it. So you had to have someone translate that. You had to translate the language and someone who could even read the language. It was limited to those in authority to tell you what the law is. though. there had to be a rabbi or there had to be a priest who would communicate what the law is. Those were limits. On the day of Pentecost, all those limits were removed. I'm going to explain how important that is when it comes to communicating with other people on a daily basis. All right, we're taking a quick break here. Uh, I want to get right back into this, but I'd love it if you text our show, 360-818-4513. That's 360-818-4513. And you you can also leave a message and just rant if you want, but I'd love to get your feedback. 360-818-4513. Also, fairlyspiritual.org is the website where you can find past podcasts, and you can find a way to help support this show and our radio presence by donating. We really do need your donation to stay on the radio. And pick up my book, The Community of God, A Theology of the Church from a Reluctant Pastor. I think it'll encourage you if you've ever been hurt by community, but you know community is important. Pick up the book, The Community of of God. Okay, so I just want to get right back into this and talk about the reality of disconnect. On the day of Pentecost, they were celebrating the giving of the law, but even the giving of the law, there was a disconnect in that, that the law was written down. And so if you couldn't read, you had to have an intermediary, someone who would read it for you. The law was written down in scrolls that if you didn't own those scrolls, you had to go somewhere and For someone to read from the scroll and to tell you what the law is. So right there, there's an intermediary. There's another intermediary quality to the the law in that something that stands between us and God is the language itself. It was written in a specific language. It was written in the Hebrew language. So if you weren't uh, from that culture, if you didn't know that language, you had to have an intermediary tell you what the law meant. So contrast that reality On the day of Pentecost, they're celebrating the giving of the law, they're celebrating the authority of the law, and then on that day, something else happens. That each person filled with the Holy Spirit begins to speak in a tongue that communicates the mighty works of God to every person in their own language. Immediately, that's moved away. You don't have to be able to read to be able to hear the will of God, and that might seem like a simple point But for most of humanity, 90% of the population couldn't read. Illiteracy has always been a great issue. And if the law is just written down, you are trapped by your illiteracy. You're trapped by needing someone else to read it for you. But nope, when the Holy Spirit is poured out, we don't have to be trapped by whether we can read or not. That when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you can begin to communicate in such a way That you can know the will of God and others can know the will of God, that you can express the mighty works of God, because that's what happened. Everyone who was there, whether they were literate or not, they were able to hear the mighty works of God in their own language. Everyone who was there, regardless of what they spoke, whether they understood Hebrew or not, whether they understood the language of the people around them, they were able to hear the language of God. God translated what was needed for them to hear the heart Of the gospel, and the heart of their role, and immediately we see is this great revival occurs, where people give their life to Christ based on the day of Pentecost. Peter stands up and gives a message in the authority of uh, you know the Holy Spirit, and people are cut to the heart and they are saved. There's so many powerful things in this. Just think about this: that no one desired for this to happen when it happened. What I mean by this is the disciples weren't in the upper room saying, "Hey, you know what we need to do today." we need to reach thousands of people with the message of Jesus Christ. So how are we going to do that? And someone got out a whiteboard and said, well, if we're going to reach these people, we got to figure out their cultural context. we got to figure out where they come from. They're different languages. We're, most of us are from Galilee, but, you know, okay, who's going to speak to that ethnic group? And who's going to speak to that ethnic group? And who's going to speak to that language group? We need to strategize. We need some translators, some interpreters, maybe some puppet ministry. You know, whatever it is. They is, they're thinking if they had started the day like that, Uh, that's probably the stuff they'd have to do. We have to strategize how to reach these people, because these people are coming from all over the place. They have all these different cultural backgrounds, and although they're all doing the same ritual at the temple, they're not necessarily connecting with one another. They're each in their little ethnic groups, or their large ethnic groups. So the disciples on that morning, they were not thinking about how to reach these other people. In fact. Probably there were some people that it hadn't even crossed their mind because there's no way we could reach those people because they speak a different language. There's no way we could reach that group because we're in separate cultural groups. You know, God's going to have to take care of them. So what, what are they doing? They're just praying and worshiping God and yielding to the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit is poured out and they're filled with the Holy Spirit, the fruit of that is people begin to be ministered to people begin to witness the mighty works of God through this Spirit-led language that the disciples have. So one of the most powerful miracles in Acts is something that no one even planned on. It's just a sign that when we yield to the Holy Spirit, when we worship God and surrender to His will, He begins to speak through us in a tongue that goes beyond language barriers, that goes beyond cultural barriers, that goes beyond information barriers. I think about this from the disciples, but also the people who were, who were heading to the temple. They were coming to the temple to give their offerings, or sacrifice. They weren't going, you know, I'm really hoping God speaks to me in such a way that transforms my life. They're just walking along, going to do the ministry, the ritual that they've been called to do. And yet, when these men and women are filled with the Holy Spirit and they begin to speak in other tongues, the authority of what they're doing and saying, led by the Holy Spirit, is so great that it changes the plans of every person that hears them. They weren't saying, well, I'm welcoming myself to a new message today. I'm going to welcome myself to these Galileans. They weren't entering into the courtyards going, hmm, where are some Galileans? and Can they you know, talk to me about the mighty works of God and reveal to me a Savior that I haven't met yet? They're not looking for that at all. They're just living life. But again, when people are filled with the Holy Spirit, amazing things happen where we are given a language, a way of speaking, a way of doing that crosses cultural barriers, that crosses ethnic barriers, that crosses language barriers, the ability to read, the ability to write, that just does a work that none of us could do on our own. So why do I bring this up? This gives me great comfort because I believe in information and I believe in learning the cultural context of others. Uh, You know, I just recently finished my doctorate. I believe in education. So I am not discounting the need to be educated, the need to be wise, the need to understand the context that people come from. I'm going to use my best intellect and my best efforts to be able to communicate the gospel in the clearest way possible. And I'm going to research whatever I can research in order to be a better father, to be a better husband, to be a better friend. And I'm going to get any helping resources that I can. So if I need counseling, I'm going to get counseling. If I need certain medicines, I'm going to get certain medicines. I'm going to do whatever it takes in order to live a healthy life and also to suggest to anyone to do whatever it takes to live a healthy life. So information is great, and resources are great, and education is great. But all of us come to this place where our best information isn't enough, where we simply cannot connect in the way we want to connect with the people God has entrusted to our care. And with that in mind, we have this powerful story from Acts. And the principle from it, I think, is pretty clear and pretty strong, that when we yield to the Holy Spirit, When we worship God and focus our attention on God and welcome God and say, come Lord Jesus, have your way. Immerse me with your presence. Not my will be done, but your will be done. I am like a sponge that is dry and my goal is for you to fill me to overflowing so that this sponge is wet. It's just like, I'm just full of you. That's my goal. Not my will be done, but your will be done. Not my ways, your ways. Come Holy Spirit, have your way in my life. Fill me to overflowing with your presence. Let me be an expression of your presence. That as we do that, as we yield and surrender and welcome the fullness of the Holy Spirit, God will give us a tongue. God will give us a way of communicating that from the overflow of the Spirit, as the Spirit rises up in us, He will give us a way to speak that will translate to every nation, every tribe, every tongue, every person. This Spirit-led language will translate. And I'm not just talking about speaking in tongues. I'm talking about the fact that God in in Acts 2 is such a clear representation that the Spirit will give us what we need to reach the people we cannot reach in our own strength. And that's what, what I want to tell you. The Spirit will give you what you need to be able to do and speak what is necessary to bring wholeness to your marriage to bring healing to the relationships within your family, to bring restoration to your friends. And even if your friends reject this and your your spouse rejects this and your kids reject this, the Spirit will still give you the right thing to say and do that you can be at peace with and say, whether this is accepted or rejected, I know that I'm yielding to the fullness of the Holy Spirit, and this activity is a Spirit-led activity, and it will produce fruit. That people can hear the heart of God through me, and they can hear my heart as well. I want to encourage you right now, if you're stuck in a place where you're disconnected in your marriage and you're trying to find out all the information, find find more information, but also do this. Begin to worship God. Begin to read His Word. Begin to praise Him and begin to welcome His Spirit. And then from yielding to the Holy Spirit and yielding to that baptism and yielding to the fullness of God— Trust that the overflow of that will give you a way of abiding with people that will translate. That God will give you a way where there's a spiritual language, there's a spiritual activity that can reach the person you cannot reach on your own. We must trust that the Spirit is going to translate on our side and on the side of the listeners as well. If you're struggling in your relationship with your children, surrender the Holy Spirit, yield to the leading of the Holy Spirit, and move forward in spirit-led actions, and whether it's even received or rejected trust that the Spirit of the Lord is communicating in a transformative way that someone can hear and someone can respond, and you can have true connection one with another and bring someone to true connection with God. I forgot that this week. I preached it on Sunday, but today I was worried that, ah, I'm not connecting with this person. It's not working, and I begin to be afraid. And God reminded me, trust me, Doug, trust my spirit. If I worship the Lord and I surrender to the leading of his Holy Spirit and I welcome his presence, he will give me the language necessary to speak to anyone. He will give me a way of abiding that is meaningful and connected with anyone. He will give me a spirit-led next step. I'd encourage you to yield to the leading of the Holy Spirit into to the fullness of the Holy Spirit, and maybe to turn your eyes away from trying to fix the relationship right now. Turn your eyes to Jesus and welcome His Spirit and welcome His presence. To Put down the information for a second and spend some time communing with God. Spend some time just welcoming the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. Have your way. Come, Holy Spirit. Fill us to overflowing. Let us be emanations of God's voice and God's will. We ask that you would give us a tongue that would translate to every language, a tongue that would share the mighty works of God with everyone you've entrusted to our care, with our our spouse, with our friends, with our kids, our parents, with our neighbors, and with our enemies. We trust you, Lord, that you will give us a language that makes sense. You will give us a language that can break through all barriers and all divides. We trust you, Lord. Come. Holy Spirit, we yield to you. We trust that you have a language for us that will reach every tribe, every nation, every tongue. We welcome your presence in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, I thank you for listening to today's show. Please give me feedback. Here's a number to text 360-818-4513, 360-818-4513. You can also just leave a message. Uh, Here's the deal. I love you. I know God loves you. Make room for his presence. He'll give you a better way. You can go to fairlyspiritual.org, find a podcast, and you can also subscribe on iTunes as well. Make room for the Lord. He knows you by name. He's not through with you. Your financial support makes this show possible, so please give if you can. I will see you next time. Nothing in this world could separate me from your love. No mountain high or valley low, where you would go to share your love with me. The preceding broadcast was sponsored by Fairly Spiritual. When you write or call this program, be sure to mention you heard it on KCIS.